Good to go? Yep. Yeah, yep. I'm just waiting for the intro. Do you need notes or anything? No, I've... be fine. I was also considering, uh, depending on how quickly this discussion goes, also discussing uh, some of my... More of my Archangel games. Yeah, totally. That'd be good. Welcome to Blightbringers, a Legion of Flavor Blight focused War Machine and Hordes podcast. I'm your host, Ronlor, and I'm actually planning on attending a tournament for once. Joining me this week is Cutter. Welcome back to the show. Ahoy, everyone. Yay. Thank you for having me back. Uh, yeah. Always good to have you. Uh, go ahead. My internet is dead. What's going on here? Nope, I'm here. Okay. Um, so, like last week, except reversed, Wolf will be joining us later in the episode. Um, Cutter, we want to get to part two of the Boker Brawl discussion. We took a little bit of a week off on that one, but I'd love to get back into it. Cool. Yeah, I know the, the next game is one that I was definitely looking at talking about, looking forward to talking about. Uh, it's the match. So this is the semifinals for the Boker Brawl. Uh, this is the fourth round. So uh, in this round, the only people left were Crix, Circle, Legion, and Protectorate. Okay. And I think I was discussing in the last episode how I know both of the guys. I know the Crix and um, Circle guys fairly well. And I was telling them that they had to take one for the team and just kind of like get the judicators out of there um however i got them so let me uh describe the list here so that everyone knows what's going on so uh the person i was playing against is his name's chris taylor so uh, i know i didn't do names entirely through the last one um but chris is a cool dude he's got a good beard and was generally a fun guy to play, despite <laughs> him playing double judicator. Mm. So the the list that he had are uh, he had both were in exemplar interdiction, uh, which gives warjacks blessed and extends their deployment two inches forward. So that's fun uh, for the protectorate player. Yep. Uh, one list was harbinger with adjudicator, uh, hierophant, and then. Uh, a bunch of stuff like Bastions, Errants, uh, Roven and Co., uh, Rupert, uh, Gravis, and a Bastion Seneschal. So the other list was the one that I ended up playing against, which is High Reclaimer, with Judicator, Hierophant, uh, Severus Zero with Adjudicator, uh, two mechanics, a Rack, a Min Choir, Max Errants with Officer, and then Roven and Co. So the two lists are pretty similar, and he, you know, is piloting them well. We're in the semifinals, and I pretty much knew what I was going to get. I had uh, this scenario was uh, what's the name of this one? It's a two circles on the outside with the rectangular zone in the center, right? With the two objectives on it. So I I've played this list before with my my Thagrosh or this uh, scenario before with my Thagrosh list, and I generally like how it plays out, especially if there's good line of sight blocking terrain in the center, and there was here. So there's a nice forest in the center, and he elected to choose the table side, 
Um, I I don't remember his reasoning. I'm trying to remember because it was something that we talked about after. Um, he he won the role to go first, uh, but he elected to take the table side. And I think it may have been. I'm just looking at the table here. Um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly why he did that. Mm. Maybe I won and I decided to go first. I don't know. The table wasn't uh, wasn't super important. So the main thing is that there's a forest in the center. And uh, I went with my Thagrush 2 list. He went with High Reclaimer. And the big thing that I was thinking going into this is like, OK, I have my two thrones. I have my two heavies. I have some hex hunters that can kind of run around and do stuff. I have my Sorceress and Hellion. And you know, like maybe what I can do in this match is basically like bunker up behind the central forest, which is like halfway up the zone in the center and kind of occupying like the left half of the zone. And uh, the errants are all basically standing right on his edge of the zone. And um it's yeah it's it's a kind of problematic situation um so basically what what ended up happening was i ran my sorceress and hellion up into cover and it died oh lovely <laughs> like, it's only defense 18 so oh, yeah. first adjudicator can hit it without <laughs> problem no problems uh, yeah i mean it's only inaccurate so oh my god <laughs> with double signs importance so to be fair, like I did put it there with the expectation that if he committed to it, that would actually that would make sure that the judicators didn't both run that turn. And so what he ended up doing, um, I just basically ran everything up, but stayed kept all of my uh, large targets kind of outside of 19 inches of the judicators because I didn't want him walking five and then throwing a couple rockets in uh, on the top of one or bottom of one rather right so I basically had to sit just outside the zone and um, I used the forest a little bit to like cover line of sight but um, because the judicators are huge bases and the forest wasn't that big uh, it ended up being where I had to like just kind of hide outside. So the I took the Pathfinder objective because I was anticipating that Typhon might end up having to go through the forest. And what I wanted to do ideally was I wanted to get the thrones up front, uh, maybe RFP some errants, hopefully uh, take some of the pressure off of the uh the heavies so that the following turn if he committed the judicators too far up i could bring some heavies in to kill him they don't threat that far you know typhon threatens 10 inches and the carnivian threatens nine inches yeah so not great. it's not the biggest threat in the world you know but um the judicators only threaten uh on a charge 10 inches so that's the same as Typhon, right? So we got something. Um, I also had Draconic Blessing on the Carnivian. Um, I had kind of planned before going into this match what I would kind of do in this scenario. And in general, um, it's, it's really just terrain dependent. Um, I had to put it on the Carnivian because that was the side that 
was going to get less cover, uh, like line of sight blocking. Right. And there was a big water pit that the Carnivian would go through, and I couldn't really bring Typhon up there because I would have had to run him into it in the first turn. So basically what happened is he blasts my Sorceress out. Uh, I tilt a little bit. But, you know, like, I'm already tilted going into the game a little <laughs> uh, because of what I have to face down. And he uh, basically runs everything up. And uh, I'm going to send you a shot of this, uh, what the what the table state looked like. So, so this is kind of what I'm looking at. And we can put this in uh, the notes or something. So basically what you see here is like the Judicators both went up on either side of, of the zone. Uh, they just walked up through some rockets. I think one of the rocket pods uh, on the left one that was shooting at the Hex Hunters were kind of like scattered around, didn't really kill anything. It's really, really hoping it wouldn't kill Bale randomly because I, I absolutely wanted that. And... What I was planning on doing was using the Hex Hunters to start threatening Scenario in one zone. Uh, I set up the Ice Witches to be able to apparate and walk into the other zone, hopefully, uh, but anticipated him uh, being able to contest it easily. So it was mostly for the turn after this one. So I was setting up everything with the expectation that he was going to contest these zones, but I wanted to make him spread out as much as possible. So. If you look at the the table state, um, basically what what's going on is the errants are spread across the central zone and across the left the zone on my left, the circular zone. Yeah, and they're spread out quite a bit, and the two judicators are behind that, and then you have Roven and Co doing like a triangle thing in between for shield guards, and I went into the tank really hard, like like massively went into the tank okay. because I I started getting this idea in my head that if I can kill all the errants, like that's that's like a mini victory. And I use this I use this Thag Rush list a lot. I'm familiar with the sprays. Um, I started like planning out all the iterations of like, okay, if I kill this errant, then he's gonna sack it. And if I kill this other errant, then he can't sack it, and then I can RFP it, and then I can spray. So I started doing all this crazy math. He had mini feeded on them, so they were immune to spells, so I couldn't target them directly. So I had to be targeting other things at the same time. So right. it was like, it was a crazy puzzle, but it was kind of actually coming together in a way where I was like, you know, I think I might actually be able to kill all the errants. And if I can do that, even if the Judicators are just wrecking my list, it's going to put a tremendous amount of pressure on them to have to try and contest the zones. Uh, because if they want to contest both zones, they're probably going to have to be sitting in a position where my uh, heavies are going to be able to threaten them. They're only arm 19, so even a throne with Draconic Blessing on it can threaten them. Okay. And after like, a pretty long turn. Uh, I just sent you another picture. Mm -hmm. Basically, what I had to do was um, I had to have Thagrosh charge in. He ended up getting the Pathfinder. He ended up charging into the forest, uh, just towing it enough to hit the errant officer that had run up 
to give the mark target on my Sorceress and Hellion that was in Rubble. Okay. And so I knew that if I could RFP that thing, it would be a big win, even if I couldn't kill everything else, because ultimately I didn't want him coming back because that's what would make hitting Typhon and Thagrosh and some other things a lot easier. So I ended up charging Thagrosh in to kind of start off the turn because what I what I ended up needing to do was I needed to make sure I RFP'd him and I knew Thagrosh would have enough attacks to do it. Right. So I ended up charging Thagrosh in uh, hit him, killed him, he sacked, hit him, killed him again, sacked again, um, and then eventually RFP'd him, and it left a nice cloud right on the edge of the forest. Uh, I just sent another picture. So that when the throne moves up and does its activations, I could basically charge it right into a position where it would butt up to that cloud um, and then be able to block line of sight to Thagrosh from that side of the table entirely. And where Thagrush was standing, he was more than three inches into the woods from the other Judicator. Okay. So I ended up getting to play Thagrush pretty aggressively, but also um, it gave me the opportunity to RFP a key model. And uh, I love getting work done with my casters anyway. So before Thagrush, uh, before the thrones can go, I also need the Carnivian and Typhon to go up and spray a lot because what's going to happen is the thrones are both going to tow the forest on either side. And I wanted to be able to have, uh, I wanted, I needed those sprays. So I basically needed Typhon's three sprays and I needed the Carnivian spray. And then I needed all of the sprays from both of the thrones. So what, what ended up happening was I put Puppet Master, I lost one of my witches, which was really sad, from the rocket pod bounce off of the Sorceress and Hellion. I had them too close. So that was like a lesson learned there was you really, there's no reason to have the witches as far up as I did because Puppet Master is 10 inches. Yeah, I, so, I tend to like not even move them the first turn anymore. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't need to at all. Like it was, it was kind of silly that I, I didn't even bring him up that far. So I put Puppet Master on the two. Um, I think I put it on, I'm trying to remember why I put it on. I think I put it on the Carnivian because he would only get one spray. And then one of the thrones that was going to have like a super important job of killing the last couple guys. So thrones, you know, the, the two beasts go up, they spray out. The dice are like being relatively cooperative. You know, I'm doing some sprays. I kill a bunch of errants. He sack pawns a bunch of them, or whatever it's called. Um, I end up killing more. Eventually, I can clear him out. And you kind of have to go from the outside in in order to make sure that you're getting the sprays to work properly, because right. he can only uh, like sack them within three inches right so if you go from the outside in that gives you the opportunity to kind of like he'll clear out a row on kind of the middle right or the middle left yeah and then you can kill the ones all the way on the outside with thrones or sprays or whatever so um what ended up happening was i i did that killed a bunch of stuff the thrones went up rfp'd a bunch of things and then it got down to the very very last attack uh with a throne killing a guy, RFPing him, and 
then I had a spray that I had to target, I think, the judicator with or something. And it ended up hitting the officer or the, the guy with boxes. Um, didn't kill him. And then ended up re-rolling the damage on that and killed him. Oh, so it was nice. like it was such a big victory. I honestly didn't even care what happened in the rest of the game. I was like, I killed all the errants and you know, like you don't get a feat. This is like a mini victory. I don't even really care what happens at this point. And I have to say a little bit of that was deception. A little bit of deception. Because where I put the two thrones were they were both in Thagrash's aura. Uh they were both, I think, on max health at that point. And if he charges adjudicator in without battle, there and without full focus, there's a pretty good chance that he's not gonna kill it. Um so it's kind of like like where I move the thrones, they're both in charge range of the judicators, uh, and he could walk up and spray them, maybe. But where the heavies are, they're they're pretty close. So basically, what I did was I fortified Fort Thagrosh with two thrones in the front that he could not shoot down uh, unless he dedicated two judicators to one throne. And uh, what I ultimately wanted them to do is charge in because I thought probably two heavies and Thagrush could kill thrones or could kill judicators. Yeah. Um, he, he ended up doing what I thought he was going to do and charging in on the thrones. Um, he brought each judicator in just enough to tow the tow both zones and while charging the throne and i have to say both thrones with battle with the judicators having full focus they only died by like a handful of boxes each so it really wasn't crazy like if the dice went really south because it's double signs importance right yeah the dice went really south uh, it's possible that he wouldn't have killed one of the thrones, and that would be a massive problem because a throne and two heavies and Thagrosh are absolutely going to kill Judicators. So sure. um, he, this is a situation where I was kind of hoping that he would be confident in the ability for that list to just annihilate everything and kind of not fully respect the threat of what was going on with Thagrash. So uh, doing the math, uh, if you look at Adjudicator, the uh, Legion Heavies with uh, Draconic Blessing do a lot of damage to Adjudicator. If you throw in a Weapon Master Bale or you know maybe a Forsaken charging in or something, like just throw in some chip damage, maybe Valkyries shoot it or something like you don't need that much more to be able to kill Adjudicator, uh, and Typhon can definitely take one down. You know, you just need dice to be okay. Um, so basically, what happened was he kept High Reclaimer behind. There was like this little crescent-shaped forest. He kept High Reclaimer behind that all the way across the board, and had the Hierophant come up a little bit, and had the two Judicators, you know, charge in, and then had Roven and Co. Uh, kill some hex hunters and kind of contest that zone. So what I was originally thinking was maybe I'll just kill the left judicator, 
uh, start putting scenario pressure on, or maybe the right one, put scenario pressure on that way and like kind of make him start running adjudicator around to try and contest zones. Because even if he has one, um, he can't reach from one side of the table all the way across. You know, he can't like contest both zones with one adjudicator and kill everything in the other zone. So the it ended up working out. Um, I think I could have killed adjudicators, but what ended up happening was because he had to put the adjudicators kind of wide in order to tow the zones, it actually gave the Carnivian a line of sight to his objective where I could assault spray the objective and hit uh, from that angle. I could actually see the higher claimer. So I could basically assault spray the objective by running into the adjudicator. And then um, he'd have the angle on higher claimer to get a nice fire spray on. I still have my two witches. So the other thing I could do, uh, and this is something that Wolf is probably going to talk about, is I, if I killed the Hierophant with Thagrosh, I could mutagenesis right because he was on the other side of the forest, but yeah. Thagrosh's base is medium. So by putting it over the Hierophant, I would get into the forest and actually be within two inches of High Reclaimer. So that's what I ended up executing because I'd gone into the tank for so long. And basically, uh, because I couldn't risk killing the Hierophant with the Carnivian spray, I had to go with Thagrosh first. Um, and then, fortunately, he's a Fury 7, so you know I can keep the Carnivian in range. And then, um, as long as I kill the Hierophant, then the Carnivian can spray, and hopefully I kill the High Reclaimer. And it ended up working out. So got a Munigenesis assassination because he had to move up a little bit to stay out of kill box. Um, he had some choir around him too. I don't think I probably could have been able to Munigenesis the choir. Maybe I could have if I charged like a Judicator or something. But it worked out. So that's kind of what you have to do in these matchups sometimes is... Uh, I I baited him with really juicy targets because I thought that if he bought into that and didn't try to do the long attrition game, then I would have my own kind of attrition opportunity. And the whole time I was staring at High Reclaimer being like, if you keep anyone within a few inches <laughs> of your caster, I am going to kill him if at all possible. Yeah. So Thrones are really good at drawing attention. and. Uh, it's just how it worked out. Even if he hadn't done that, though, I think I had a really good play on the Judicators because uh, I could have Assault Sprayed, maybe taken out Severius. I could have... Uh, I had taken out the Mechanics deliberately with Hex Hunters the previous turn. Um, so, yeah, it's it's kind of like being able to keep the the Judicator threat in check. Uh, it's why I think that single Judicators are actually better, because double Judicator just puts them in kind of a rough position if you can take the Errants out. Um, he could have tried keeping one back, but um, honestly, like it, it, was, it was a really intense puzzle to figure out how to kill all of them. 
he said I was the only one since he'd been playing uh, this this stuff to actually take all the errands out. So that was a moral victory and uh, got me into the next round. So the moral awesome. of that story basically is it's not unbeatable. You know, <laughs> it's, it's the thing that you kind of have to keep in mind is the heavies are going to be able to kill judicators and one judicator is not going to kill a heavy generally if you have draconic blessing on it unless it's punching it yeah so as long as you can keep a heavy in threat range uh they can only shoot it with rockets and if they shoot your heavy with rockets they're not shooting a throne but there was a throne in the way so they couldn't even shoot the heavies so it kind of put them in a position where they had to kill some stuff and had to get into threat range or they had to just let me get the alpha on them again. So that's kind of um, why I think line of sight blocking terrain is such a big deal and why it benefits us so much because we do have a lot of Pathfinder. Um, you know, we have a lot of flight. We have ways to kind of get through this stuff. So um, it's it gave me some confidence going into the Judicator matchup that I didn't have before, even though I had practice into it. And it's also why I think the Thagrush list is pretty good into it, because I run Valkyries also. So with the Valkyries, it makes killing anything in particular pretty difficult as far as the hard targets go, unless they commit to it in melee. Because you know even a throne, if you pull two of the rocket pods off, you know, it's just not going to go down generally yeah. unless they have other stuff coming into it. That's so awesome. awesome. That's great. <laughs> yeah. I took a little longer on that one because I, I want the Legion community to think about how to go into Judicators. It is a big problem. Um, you know, I know people have been looking at Kalos 2 uh, in addition to myself. The immunity to fire is a big deal. Uh, anything you can do to kind of get stuff to live is a big deal. And it's another reason that I still vote for Valkyries in a lot of these situations, because it just changes the math a lot. Cool. Well, uh, before we get into your next game, uh, Wolf has joined us. Hey, buddy. What's going on, guys? Um, I didn't hear the first part of that, but it sounded like Cutter did some bullshit, and I approve of that immensely. <laughs> All you need to know is that he mutagenesis somebody. I mean, that's just the greatest assassination you can pull off. If that doesn't make you happy immediately, nothing will. Uh, one day I'll get that, my friends. One day. I believe in you. <laughs> Killing all the errants before High Reclaimer's feet turn, and then getting a Mutagenesis assassination. This I don't know if I'm going to have a tournament. I don't know if you'll ever get to live. That's going to go better than that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you'll ever get to live that dream, but like that'd be amazing, and I would want to see like videos of it. Like, I hope that happens to you while you're on live stream, just so we can, like, post it for years to come and be like, no, no, this is how you handle this thing in particular. Yeah, awesome. definitely something you watch alone. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> going to pull up. Way to take it to that area immediately. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, all right, and moving on. We've got uh, <laughs> Cutter's <laughs> finals matchup. Uh, you want to go over that? Yeah, yeah I'll go over that. Uh, I'll be a little quicker about this one. So uh, this was Recon 2. I was playing against Steve King, who is one of the guys who was on my team. And he went undefeated, so he was killing it. And he was running uh, Scar 1 
and Dark Host and Denegra 2 Black Industries. So uh, I can't remember who ended up winning the role. Uh, I know he went first, and I know that I had some pretty decent Hellmouth and Gudrun placement. I went with Kallus 1, and he had Scar 1, which I think is the correct choice on both sides. I had considered maybe trying to do Thagrush, but I just really, I know he's going to drop Scar 1 because I have a mock in my Callus list, and, you know, Primal Terrors is the list that most people stare at. And uh, Denegra does not like a mock at all. Denegra no. does not like her or like him at all. And the Wraith Engines similarly don't like a mock, but with Wraith Engines, it's a little different because you can at least keep things. It's less coming at you and more about threatening coming at you. And he ended up doing something really smart, uh, despite terrain being kind of annoying. Uh, he flanked both Wraith engines really wide. So he basically kept them carefully so that a mock could only ever affect one. And he always made it so a mock had to move in order to affect one. So kudos to him for doing that. He's a good player. Smart play. Smart play. Very smart. Uh, he also brought stalkers out on each flank with them uh, because their control area is like 24 inches with Scar 1. And it's ridiculous. So basically, um, what ended up happening in this game was I ran all the Chosen up. I ran the birds behind them, kind of standard Kala stuff, put tentacles in front of those, um, ran the Blightbringer up as far as possible because I knew that that was going to have to get involved this game. And I you know, put a mock and Kalos and everyone behind that. And what I didn't do that I should have done is I should have feeded. I should have feeded on the bottom of one. And the reason I didn't was because I didn't think he would, he could only kill like a couple chosen out of each unit. And um, I just didn't fully respect the threat of everything. Um, getting Death Ride from Derek Wraith, uh, the Stalkers being able to walk and jump, everything getting like the stalkers have blessed and um, grievous wounds and they get plus five strength and arm and like there was no reason for him to not go in on me and uh, i i was thinking that i would need the birds for volume of attacks and that with callus's uh, dark guidance and with the uh, Blightbringer auras and everything, I was thinking that the bird's volume of attacks would actually be more important, and I wanted to get them in, and then feet after I kind of engaged those, but I, like, baited myself, kind of. So I ended up losing, uh, I'm just looking here, I think I lost seven chosen out of ten, uh, which is bad. That's really bad. Ouch. Yep. Yeah, it hurts. Um, so he, his dice were working really well with him scar does that though so like you know stalkers are so incredibly good with her it's absolutely ridiculous so they get dark guidance at 24 inches they get her feet at 24 inches they can get focus at 24 inches it's just really gross so the basically i still had a game like he he did hit me really hard uh on the 
on the counter offensive, I cleaned out a lot of the board, killed a lot of Banes. Uh, my dice shit on me a bit, but um, I crippled a bunch of the Stalkers. I did have one really unfortunate thing happen, which was two Chosen and a full unit of Rotwings charging into a Wraith engine, and none of the Rotwings did damage. Oh my god. None of them. And that was like, it was a little, some of it was positioning. Um, I I had kind of interwoven the rot wings with the chosen, so I couldn't go with the chosen right away. I had to go with the rot wings first. And uh, it was just the way that things kind of lined up where I was like, okay, rot wings are charging. I only need to do one damage at some point. That's it. And, it, and then the rot wings start turning on. That's not a good plan. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Rot wings are terrible, even if they have ignite on them. Um, don't plan on them doing damage to something like a wraith engine that has a feed on it. Um, unless, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you really, really should have a better plan than that. If I had just charged with the one chosen that I could have gotten into it and let the other one like dick around uh, and done like one damage to it. It would have been fine. I would have killed the Wraith engine probably um, with the Blightbringer R and Ignite and all that other stuff. Um, but I didn't. And so I, I got into kind of a pickle. Um, I I was controlling the, the game fairly well. Um, but one of the big problems I was having, I talked about in Discord a little bit, was I kept knocking my goddamn Ratwings over because they have a base-to-base ability, they have reposition, that's like, it's it's so ridiculous trying to manage 20 of those things uh, at the same time. And then uh, on my, I feeded that turn, so rot wings are all over the place, you know, they're like jamming everything. And he was really intelligent about it, and when you play good players, a lot of the time you'll see that they just elect to not kill anything unless they can also guarantee that they're going to kill Ankybi that come out. So what he ended up doing was just focusing on things on the couple that were outside of the feet and then also focus down, like if he did kill one, uh, he just made sure that he could also take the the Ankybi out so that I didn't have those running around. So I got zero Ankybi. That happens a lot with Kalos 1. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. He loves to get Incubi. Yeah, um, I did. Um, he had put someone on the flag to be able to score. I ended up charging that down. I think it was Tartarus. Yeah, uh, so I ended up getting to kill Tartarus. Um, and yeah, it's just the mini feat that the the Bane Warriors have now, where they just bring dudes back. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't appreciate that. No, that's uh, a really good feat. It is. Um, yeah, so what ended up happening basically was um, I jammed everything. He just took a turn to like sit around and like not really care because I didn't actually accomplish that much on my turn other than killing some Banes and some Stalkers. Um, I ruled really, really, really badly. Like, I missed... Uh, Callus had Dark Guidance up, and I needed, like, with Rotwings and everything, I needed boosted sixes, and I missed, like, two-thirds of them oh my God. that turn. 
It was bad. Yeah, that um, sounds bad. The dice really shit on me. <laughs> um, and it ended up burning my clock a lot. So what this game ultimately came down to was me trying to kill... I was up on scenario because I'd successfully jammed people out. I jammed everything out with a mock stopping the rape engine from running around and uh, Gudrun sitting on a flag. I was scoring every single round, um, and I was contesting his flag every round with tentacles. And so what ended up happening was I had to kill a Bane Warrior, and I had to kill the Scarlock Thrill in 30 seconds. Right. And I would, I would effectively, like, that's all I needed to do, and I would win the game. So I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. Solid plan. I, I like knock it. some rat wings over. Um, oh, I geez. put up. I put up dark guidance. Uh, like I just, it took too many steps pulling the fury off, putting up dark guidance because I wanted to make sure I hit. I didn't need to do some of that stuff. Like ultimately, I needed. He said I needed probably about twenty seconds to win that game, and I know that I fucked around with rat wings for more than twenty seconds. So oh. um, I need to find a better solution for them because. If you're running 20 of them, you need a way to kind of keep them from falling over and, you know, kind of getting in the way of everything. So I've been thinking of pulling them off and putting them on cork or whatever. Um, but ultimately, it was a really good game. We talked about it a lot. Uh, it's, I felt like even though I screwed up some things, I had enough. Uh, he played really well. And I felt like had I played a little better, I, I had the match. If I had played a little faster, I would have had it. But I hadn't actually played that list into Scar 1 Dark Host. So uh, it was kind of trial by fire there. And uh, I did end up getting second. Uh, I did pick up a Sacral Vault because it was a big base brawl, so everyone got big bases. Um, I would have picked up maybe something else, uh, but I kind of put all of my hope into, like, if I get this Sacral Vault, I'm going to hope that one day a Legion theme will allow me to bring it, and it will be glorious, because I'll already have it. So I've invested hope in our future. <laughs> one day. Well, somebody has to. Yeah, so at any rate, I, I think it was a good match. Uh, the tournament itself was really fun. I I felt like I learned a lot, and it was one of those events where like I was so close to performing better that it kind of jazzed me for getting into more events, you know? Because you're like, oh, I just needed to play a little faster. I just needed to do this a little different. And it always feels good when it's like I failed the list rather than the list failing me. And when achievement, like victory is so close. So it was cool. Um, encourage people to check those lists out. The meta is changing a little bit now. So... Uh, everyone right now, it's like after WTC, we're in the season where everyone screws around with their lists and like tries new stuff out. So um, I've been doing that too, and I'm really looking forward to getting in some more events. Awesome. Well, so because I missed the first part of this, was this the back half of poker or was this a second? Okay. Yep. Yeah, this is the semifinals and finals of the poker brawl. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we're gonna we're gonna let you go, Cutter. We're gonna cut you loose, and uh, okay. Unless you unless you can stick uh, around, a, I know you had a you had to cut off there, so yeah, I have to take off. Um, I'll leave you with a just a little insight on the some of my archangel testing. Oh yeah, I'm really trying to get that thing to work out. 
And um, basically, I've been trying it with every caster that I can think of that might do something good for it. Um, most recently, the newest caster that I tried was Lil 3. Uh, I had to play into Siege 2, Gravediggers, not really the best scenario. <laughs> um, I forgot that Finn has Grievous Wounds, sure does. so I lost Proteus without much trouble. That was unfortunate. Uh, and then I had to roll, what was it? It was like... Wait, you I just said Proteus three. and Lilith 3 in the same list. You're playing Themeless? Oh, sorry, it wasn't Proteus. Um, I was thinking of something else. Uh, okay. That was an abs. I was playing. I've been playing with Absalonia one more than anything, so I think I just kind of mixed those two up in my head. No worries. Um, they all result in me trying to kill Siege too, uh, because I attrition the army down enough, and then Siege comes up and does stuff, and then I try to kill him, and the Archangel fails me. Is how it works. So <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. This is the way it's gone multiple games. As I'm like, okay, I got Siege. Uh, I just need to roll more than one shot, and I need to roll sixes or better on boosted rolls, and I don't do either of those. So with the little three game, um, I I did kill a lot, actually. I, the Archangel in that list is pretty cool because Lilith can move through it, uh, which is a really big deal for her. Um, I ran it with... Uh, two Carnivians and an Archangel, a Bolt Thrower and some other stuff, Naga. And the idea with that list is like, don't get shot to death to the best of your ability. Um, the stupid Siege list threats like 15 inches with Fury Trenchers, though. So that sucks. Um, it's basically, uh, you kind of, I still feel like I really am relying on the Archangel to just like be a little bit more consistent for me. And with low fury and the random number of shots, I feel like those have been the biggest limiting factors for me. Because in, in the low three list, the positioning with her is really annoying, especially if there's lots of obstructions on the table. But yeah. being able to move through the Archangel is really nice. And the Archangel with her is pretty cool. So uh, it's speed nine is you know pretty good in our gargantuan yeah and uh the shots are you know on feet turn having a speed nine archangel attacking a stationary caster or something it's pretty good um he the carnivians also do a lot of work there because the sprays can't be shield guarded or anything so yeah it's um i still like absolutia one the best for Archangel builds, uh, because she does give it a little bit more survivability and a little bit more speed and a little bit more damage. So it kind of does all the things that it needs to. And unlike Absalonia 2, where I feel like you just want more stuff to take the feat better, um, with, with Absalonia 1, you actually can benefit a little bit from keeping your battle group a little smaller just to kind of keep her upkeeps in good places and she also benefits from big targets like an archangel not dying under the feet so i think i still like it best with her i think little three is actually a pretty good place for it if you can deal with her fury five and positioning stuff Ooh. so i encourage people to check those out i have a callus two list that i really want to play also uh, i haven't gotten to put it on the table yet though because i keep playing against ranged aggression lists <laughs> so yeah, I'm. I'll 
I'll kind of keep updating there. And uh, I do have to run, but I will listen to the rest of this and um, try to give more updates soon. Awesome. Well, thank you, Cutter, for that. And thank you for finishing off your Boker results. Uh, too bad you couldn't take home the gold, but you came pretty dang close from what it sounds like. Silver yeah. is still a precious metal. You did good, kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like silver a little bit better, uh, personally, but uh, white gold is also pretty cool. I like platinum. <laughs> All, right, All right, well, I'll, I'll leave you guys um, so you can escape from my rambling. And... <laughs> I'll okay. the rest of this later. All right, have yourself a great night. See you later, buddy. Cheers. Wolf. What up? We have yeah. another tournament to go over. Oh, shit. Yeah, we do. This it was time. A good time. Yeah, this time too. Uh, I believe this one was at Black Knight Games, correct? Nope. No. Very incorrect. Oh, right. I guess they wouldn't run two in, in like back to back weeks. Yeah, no, they wouldn't. You're You're just like severely incorrect right now. Hold on. You're being aggressively impolite. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. I'm trying to think of the name. I'm standing by. I'm waiting for it. I believe Shit. in you. Shit. Nope, that's not the name. X-Planet. Close though. Nope. God damn wasn't it. it. Wasn't even in Canada. You were I thought you came to Canada. No. Oh, well, fuck me then. bitch about Canada even on days I don't go to Canada. That makes a lot of sense. To Canada, it's terrible. Wow. Okay, well, we're just going to cut all this out. I mean, that makes sense. So... You had a tournament in the state somewhere. I'm not exactly sure where. I did. Candor. Uh, we literally talked about this on the episode with GM Dan. Oh, just right. Yes, yes, yes. I put that out on the day it was happening because I'm yeah. amazing. Yep. That's. I mean, that's just friggin' foresight right there. <laughs> put out on the day it's happening so people, while they could hear it, would be like, oh, man, I want to go to this event. It's today. These bastards, they got me excited and just dashed my hopes expertly. Yeah, that was a little awkward. Yeah, it happens. Things happen. It's oh. life. You're at Tournament Candor. Uh, yep. Uh, was a oh, let's see. It was a World Ender uh, points qualifier down in Candor, which is half an hour ish south of Ithaca, New York. Okay. Which is somewhere near the PA border. I don't know. It's like three hours from my house. It's a ridiculous distance, <laughs> but it's definitely a place that exists. Fair enough. Um, and it was a three-round event. There was 10 people there. Yeah, that sounds right. So not okay. terribly big. Um, but I ended up taking first place. Holy so, shit. Yeah. Cutter got the silver. I got the gold. Somebody <laughs> here is going to be the winner. That's awesome. It's a little weird that it has to be me because I'm certainly not a winner. But, I mean, shit, I'll take it. Well, sometimes you get away with it. Yeah, you get lucky. That's that's all it is. <laughs> uh, do you want to go over your games? Yeah, sure. That'd be uh, awesome. So, went down there. It was I brought my Animag list that I've been playing for ever now. I don't know. It's for a while, and uh, then I brought down Thags One because I had been harassing you and Cutter and everybody else trying to figure out a pair, and I couldn't figure out one that I liked. So I went well. Thags seems fine, considering what I know is probably not going to be there. Uh, so let's do that. Uh, before the tournament, I kind of knew there wasn't going to be any Signar, because I have a couple buddies that live down there, and aside from my one friend Sam, who's kind of a wild card and has like nine factions and can literally play anything, <laughs> like I kind of know what everybody's main faction is. Right. So like, 
I knew there probably wasn't going to be Signar, there probably wasn't going to be Mercs, there probably wasn't going to be Trolls or Scorn. So it's like, you kind of just cut out a lot of things and go, well, I think I'm okay just not having to have tech for any of this or deal with it, really. Um, so yeah, that was that. Was that. I'm assuming we'll just put lists in the show notes. Do you want me to go over them real quick? Um, yeah, you can, which doesn't hurt. All right. Uh, so... Animag was, let me pull everything up to make sure I don't forget anything, because I'm a dumbass who will forget something important. Uh, Animag was uh, a Muck and the Blightbringer, two Spell Martyrs, two War Chiefs, uh, two Max Unit of Warmongers, a Min Unit of Warmongers, and two Hellmouths. And then Thags was uh, in Children of the Dragon with Azrael, Typhon, Zuriel. Big shock there. Yeah. Uh, Kralix, three Shepherds, a Spell Martyr. Uh, full unit of raptors, ice witches, and then a full unit of hex hunters with Belial. Okay. So, uh, first round, I played against my buddy Carl, who recently had his hip replaced. Oh, jeez. That's not super relevant, but he was not necessarily happy that early in the morning, which kind of made the game a little funnier, I guess. <laughs> okay. Um, he was he switched back to circle after the CID, so he was running. Kaya 2 in Call of the Wild, and Kruger 1 in whatever the hell the Theron theme is called. Right. Kaya 2 is the one with Laris, right? Yes. Okay. The infamous, this is how you know you've lost the game when you hear, all right, I'm going to start my turn. Laris runs. <laughs> like, all yeah. right, this is going to end so badly. That's not great. Yeah, no, that's that's how you know you ju- you've done messed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I looked at both of them, and I kind of expected him to drop Kruger, because Kruger won with Tharn. I don't think it was a great match, but I think it was a 50-50. And I kept looking at Kaya, too, going, I bet this is what he's going to drop because it's a comfort pick, because like this is what he used to play back when he played Circle. So I just kept staring at the lists and going, I don't really want to deal with Kruger with Primal Terrors. Because it's not a bad match, but there's enough there that it's going to make it a pain. Because he was running like full Wolf Riders, so that's Weapon Master, Backstrikes, and everything else um, with Jump, so he could get around my lines if he wanted to. There was a full unit of Ravengers, there was a full unit of the Shooty Tharn. So like there was enough stuff in there to make Ogres miserable. Yeah. But like it definitely wasn't like a, oh, he auto-wins it. Um, and then if he dropped Kaya into Ogren, then he has like six heavies and nothing else. And turns out ogres are really good at killing six circle heavies. Yeah. And, uh, I figured Thags was probably a 50-50 into either, but like, I dropped Animag thinking that if he dropped wrong, then it was just going to be a steamroller instead of me having to play a full game first round. Right. And sure as shit, he dropped Kaya and I got really happy. (laughs) Um, so we roll off, he wins the roll off and decides to take second turn and put me on a side that had just this giant house obstruction just outside my deployment zone in like the center of the board. That's annoying. Yep. It was, it was the right move because it forced me to have to split everything up and like work around this the first turn or two, but giving me first turn gave me enough time to do that. Yeah. Um, so first turn I run forward, 
and he runs forward. Second turn, I Lightbringer pops a shot into a feral, does like 15 points of damage. Oh my god. Yeah, dice spiked a little bit there. Um, kills off uh, Black Clad, leaves the Wilder on like one box with blast damage. Uh, I think does like four or five points to a Stalker that was next to it. And he, I pass clock. Uh, mind you, this is on the pit, so I wasn't terribly worried about scenario anyway. But uh, he passes, or I pass clock, it goes to him. He looks me in the eye and says, I have no idea what to do here. I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I'm not going to tell you how to beat me. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, but I don't know what to do. I'm like, if I had to make a suggestion, I would say go forward and start making attacks. Because if you don't, you're going to end your turn and I'm going to go up, you know, a point, possibly two on scenario. Right. And that's just going to be super bad for you. Um, He sends in a stalker and kills four warmongers on my left flank in Gorag's unit. Um, sends in two ferals into the Chosen, and one's primaled, one isn't, and manages to kill a total of two Chosen between the two of them. Or maybe he only kills one and puts like seven points of damage on the other one. Oh, that's not good. He, that, it wasn't good. He basically gave me two ferals for nothing. Um, and then a Stalker and a Pure Blood on the right-hand side clear off some Hellmouth tentacles but he doesn't want to like try and dig deep because he can't get too many warmongers over there and triggering vengeance on them just seems bad. So he passes turn to me, uh, Animag walks forward, feats, Blightbringer moves up and I remove a stalker and two ferals from the table as well as another black clad that was on like my left flank. I remove the objective and like, I think one of the stones that's in the center zone, um, I get a point for clearing the objective and I'm poised to score two every turn from then on because he just doesn't have enough contesting. Um, He goes through his entire turn and I think he kills like one or two more tentacles and looks at the board and goes, you know what? Look, this is fun and all, but this is not a game anymore. You've basically pushed me into a corner. There's nothing I can do. And I don't want to just be farmed for points. So I can see you win. I like, I'm sorry, but I just, I don't want to deal with this first thing in the morning, (laughs) which in his defense, again, just had hip surgery. So he was in some pain to begin with. And I know like the local Legion player down there was playing Cricks that day and hasn't like been playing PT into them. So the guys down there don't know it as well. Like we've definitely talked about that match and we've talked about it because I'm in group chat with a bunch of them. Right. But like, Talking about it is different than actually trying to play into it. Um, so he kind of, we talked about it after the game and realized that, yeah, he probably actually lost that on uh, list selection and Kruger would have been a better matchup and actually given him a couple outs and made me have to play a game. Whereas this was just, I run forward and the minute you get into range, I just get to murder heavies. Right. So that was fun. <laughs> um, so he ended up conceding and because of the way uh, the steamroller rules work. I got four control points because I already had one. And the TO was like, yeah, no, you add three because you didn't get to three yet. So I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Sure, whatever. Hmm. Uh, yep. So round two was a guy by the name of Matt. Um, he was running Durst Double Judicator, which I 
did not want to deal with. That was one of the lists I was really trying to avoid. Or uh, Sirenia in, the hell was it, Exemplar Interdiction? Okay. Um, the scenario was spread the net, and I, you know, we look at the board, and there's a giant obstruction in the middle of this table, like dead center, um, that was easily, like, the center zone is, I think, 12 inches across. This giant obstruction was easily 9 to 10 inches, like, in diameter. So, like, it was just completely taking up the center of this zone in the center of the table. I think I saw a photo of that. It seemed pretty extreme to me. Yeah, it was it was huge. Um, but that was... So I looked at it, and I kind of thought he was going to drop Durst Double Judicator. And I, you know, based on the terrain and specifically that obstruction, I really thought about dropping uh, PT again because I felt like I could probably block off a lot of his lines of fire, you know, put a couple ogres out so that if he takes the shots at him... The drifts aren't going to do anything because they don't have line of sight, and he's really just hoping for a lucky deviation at that point. And then I can vengeance around, and even you know, an armed twenty-three or twenty-four adjudicator doesn't like a bunch of chosen or a bunch of ogres charging at pow twenty. Like, yeah, they won't one round it, but they'll certainly kill enough of it. And because it's spread the net, I could jam enough things in his zone and in the center zone. That so long as I was keeping my flag and my zone, um, I could probably win out that way, and it would give me enough time to get the Blightbringer up there. Yeah. Um, but then that also gave me the problem of if he spread out the Judicators, or you know, I, I, if I couldn't use that center obstruction properly, I just get shot off the table because there's no way I could like if a flank collapsed, I could get anything over to help it. Um, so then I kind of thought, well, maybe Thags 1 could do it because Draconic Blessing on Hex Hunters means that he can't burn him off with the sprays. And being stealth means he's never getting the direct shots on anything. He's got to kill, you know, a fairly important heavy twice and Thags can bring it back. And there was the non-zero chance that because of terrain, he was looking at it going, huh, I don't want to drop double Judicators into this. So maybe I see Sirenia. Uh, so we go through the entire list selection. I drop Thags, and sure as hell, he drops Sirenia, which Jeez. I was not expecting, but I was much more okay with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, scenario was spread the nut. Uh, we roll off. I win and take first turn. Uh, turn one, I run forward. He moves everything up, bottom of one, and feats, which I wasn't really expecting him to do, but... I, I guess that's a thing that happens with her. Um, top of two, my hex hunters run over the left flank just to block off because he had a unit of errants and bastions over there. The right flank was another full unit of bastions. Um, and then the six-man unit of knights with the uh, UA. Um, and then he had two dervishes and two purifiers. Uh, so one dervish, one purifier on the left, one on, of each on the right. Um, so my right flank, uh, Asriel decides that he's going to hit both of his crits on his shots, uh, basically slam Aaron's back into the purifier and the dervish, uh, collateral damage knocks out the, the cortex on the one dervish, um, and then Thags walks up and sprays and Zuriel charges one dude, takes the defensive strike, 
kills him and sprays, and I wipe out that entire unit of Bastions on the right. Nice. Um, Left-hand flank was Hexhunter's run up to jam, and then Typhon walks forward and drops his sprays on him. Uh, I pass turn. He charges Zuriel with a couple knights, uh, moves up Cyrenia to do some other stuff. Neither one of the jacks on the right flank do anything. Um, on the left flank, he clears off the Hex Hunters, switches Prey onto the Ice Witches, which I thought was weird, and then Bastions charge Typhon and leave him alive. Uh, what is it be? Top of three? I look at the board and go, huh, if Typhon sprays this Bastion that just charged him, it also hits the one knight that's blocking an Asriel, so I can get him cleared off. And I looked at the board and went, where's Cyrenia? And he goes, oh, she's right here. I'm like, camping zero? He goes, yeah. Like, I can absolutely walk Asriel up and get two shots onto Cyrenia on zero camp. Seems good. Seems good. Were you so, worried about, like, pushing her out of range? No, because the slam's a may. It's not a thing you have to do. Oh, is it really? Okay, never yeah. mind then. Um, funnily enough, the first shot... I boost it anyway, so I'm like, I'm not going to take it, but I want you to know that I could. Because <laughs> out of three shots, he's hit three crits now, which is damn impressive. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, and then I think that leaves Cyrenia on like six boxes after the two shots from him. And I look at the board and go, huh, there's a choir member right by Cyrenia. Huh. So I start measuring it out. I'm like, if I walk to here, could I hit the mutagenesis to get him? And he was like a quarter of an inch out if I walked. So I'm like, ah, that's, that's shitty. I'm like, what if I charge this purifier that's knocked down or dervish or whatever the hell it is that's knocked down? So I measure it out and go at a slightly, you know, off angle. But sure as hell, the uh, choir member is in range. So then I go, well, I haven't gotten to pull bullshit in a while. So Thagrosh goes and he charges a dervish, uh, you know, succeeds the charge. Before he makes his attack, he casts mutagenesis. Kills the choir member, takes his spot, redirects his charge attack onto Cyrenia, boost a hit, boost damage, and one shots her. Oh my god. And Matt looks at me and he's like, Yep, I forgot he had that spell. I'm like, I didn't need to do that. Like, <laughs> this, this wasn't a thing that I had to do by any stretch. This was like, completely unnecessary. Yeah, this was absolutely unnecessary. I had almost a full unit of raptors left on my left flank. Oh my god. Um, that was almost behind his army. I finally figured out how Cutter manages to do that. Yeah, they're like speed 20 um, with parry. Yeah, pretty got much. It. <laughs> Just lie to your opponent and say they've got parry and acrobatics, and it's fine. There'll be questions. <laughs> um, but they were almost behind that and contesting his zone. Like, if I wanted to, I could have played that out for scenario, but literally the thought was I haven't gotten to play bullshit in a while, so fuck it, let's do this. Fantastic. And it turns out it works. Yeah. Who would have guessed that works? That's awesome. So I got Love to, the, I got to get my sixth, sixth, sixth ever mutagenesis assassination. Oh my um, so god! Uh, going into round three, um, I'm undefeated, uh, and my opponent's undefeated. Final round. With ten people, was, there must be a third undefeated, right? Uh, there might have been. There might have been a pair down. Yeah. In any case, I got the TO top table. Okay. So. I was just looking at it going, just win this game, and it's fine. And uh, my opponent, whose name is Tom, uh, had Morgan and Kruger 2 in the Wold theme. I can't think what it's called now for some reason. 
Did I get you to repeat the GUI ad because my internet just took the shit the bed? Oh, sure. Uh, Tom, and then it was he was running Circle with Morvana One in Tharn, okay, and whatever the hell the world theme is called. Um, uh, Bones Orbros. Yeah, that one. So. I looked at it and kind of went, well, I could drop Animag, but Animag into Morvana 1 seems super bad. Yeah. I have played that game a couple times, and it, it's not unplayable, but you're definitely fighting uphill. Um, but I also knew, again, my opponent was local, and he hadn't played into Primal Terrors very much. I was kind of needing a lot of experience. Hold on. Hold on. My internet's being very dumb. Sorry. That happens. No worries, man. It's been fine all fucking day. All fucking Always day. Always when you want it to do things. Alright, uh, start over from dropping into Primal Terrors. He doesn't know it as well. Yeah, um, so I'm thinking I could drop Primal Terrors, but I know, like I said, he was a local guy, and uh, local guys didn't really have a lot of experience into PT. He, I, I've played that game a couple times. I could try and like out player base knowledge him or out knowledge him just by having more games into it than he does. But that didn't seem like a great bet. Like it's doable if you get into that situation, but there's no reason to go into that situation, I guess. Sure. Why put yourself um, at a disadvantage? Yeah, exactly. So I decided to drop Thags thinking that, okay, he'll drop Tharn and it's not a great match because, again, he's got enough shooting and mortality is annoying regardless of caster. Um, and he decides to drop Kruger too. So okay. he, he kind of, he must have known what I was thinking and it was, he tried to meta the meta, I guess, is how that works. Or like he was trying to get into my head and be like, haha, I one up you. Yeah. The, the problem here is like Thags is fine into Kruger too. Like, I don't think that's a bad game by any stretch. So, uh, scenario was standoff. We roll off again, and I th think he went first. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, so, we play this one out, and by turn... It's the normal turn one everybody runs. Turn two, he sends in, ports forward a World Guardian and one of the Geomancy Wolds. Uh, whatever the hell they're called. Um, yeah, World Warden, maybe. I'm not sure. Sure. The no Guardian idea. kills Typhon with a little bit of help, um, which I kind of expected, but it was whatever. It's fine. Uh, the, <laughs> wool, the other one goes into Zuriel and doesn't kill him. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so everything's all well and good there. Uh, I go, I feed back Typhon. Azrael and Thags kill the Guardian. Uh, Hex Hunters kill off most of a or all of the unit of um the little stickmen a couple of them charge he has another geomancy wolden back a couple of them in belial charge him uh, a couple more go into something else they spike damage pretty good and the game basically winds down to him spending a lot more clock than i am um i think turn three he had like a 25 minute turn oh wow because it's, I mean, to be fair, Kruger is a super complicated caster and has so many angles on things. Yeah, between his feet and like the thousand TKs he can cast. Yeah. So there, there was definitely a lot of thinking of, oh, I can TK this here and then I can TK your guy forward. And then I can, you know, gallows him forward if I need to. And this can go here and this can't like, 
he was getting there, but it was just taking him a long time to do it. Um, so I think bottom of two, I went up one nothing. Top of two, he went, I think it was two to two. Uh, yeah, bottom of two, I go up one nothing. Top of three, it goes to two two. Uh, bottom of three, I go three to two. Uh, top of four is when he starts running out of time. Okay. And I think it's five to two, four to two. Uh, he's up on me and he's only got, I think like six minutes left on his clock and I've got like 28. Oh. Um, so he looks at the board, Thags is on two and thinks he can get an assassination. He starts planning it out and gets like three minutes into his turn and goes, I don't have that much time left. Forget it. I'm going to just do all of this instead. Uh, starts walking things around, starts running. Ends his turn with like 30 seconds left and having run his battle engine into the zone and run a couple other like random units and solos and goes, okay, I score one. So it's like, yeah, I think it goes up six to two. Okay. Um, and I'm like, all right, this is fine. You've got 20 seconds left. It's bottom of three or bottom of four or something like that. So I clear out the left-hand zone and standoff, um, move some stuff up. Typhon kills a couple uh, shifting stones that get brought back, or that, because I brought Typhon back, he murders all of them. Uh, and then I kind of look at the board and go, okay, I'm now, Thags is standing in my zone behind a forest. Uh, I couldn't kill this one random stone shaper that was over there. Oh, yeah, funny part about this turn. So, you know how Wolver weirds are bullshit? Yeah, they're kind of ridiculous. Okay, there he ran one into my square zone. And Thagrosh went and swang at it. Now, Thagrosh is mat 7. And this stupid thing, for some reason, is def 13. <laughs> and he missed five consecutive attacks on it, hitting oh. sixes to just one shot it. Were you rolling Cutter's dice? Apparently. Yikes. So my entire plan that turn of, I can just, like, one-shot this thing, then oblit this Stone Shaper out of my zone and still be relevant in scenario, and make him just have to pass clock back and forth because he doesn't have time and I do... Yeah, that, that didn't work. Oh, jeez. So it goes 6-3 uh, to three in his favor, and he's looking at the board like as soon as I'm like, okay, you know, pass clock, it's on you. He's like, all right, how many points do I need to score? I'm like, uh, it's 6-3, you need to be up by 5. I'm like, so you need 2 and to stop me from doing anything? And he starts trying to do his turn, and his clock runs out. Oh, no. So, well. we, <laughs> yeah. so we talked about it, and he's like, I should have just you know, ran stuff into contest and I was going to score because you weren't contesting. I'm like, yep, that would have worked. You could have gone up because I had run some stuff in. Um, I'm like, without making attacks, you were scoring a point. I'm like, the problem here is next turn, I'm killing your objective. I'm putting Azrael into your zone. I'm putting Typhon basically in the middle of the board with my one random hex hunter holding the left zone and hopefully Thagrosh being able to clear whatever you put in. And then I score three, and at that point, it's no longer a game. Like, yeah. it's, I just get to basically chase Kruger around the table and say, you have to come out at some point, or I'm going to kill you because you don't have enough time to make attacks or do anything else because you spent every turn planning out, like, either a really long assassination or, like, spending a lot of time just being like, oh, I can do all this weird stuff, and it's awesome, until... Like, you can't because you just took too long. Right. So he ended up clocking himself. I ended up getting first place. 
So I ended up getting a free ticket to the Tabletop Gaming Expo, which is in the fall sometime. I believe that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, I got a free ticket. I guess I'll go this year. Yeah. And uh, 15 points for the World Under, which is the big invitational that happens at TGX, as well as like $90 in prizes. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, it was a pretty good day. So took home the gold. It's been a while since I've won an event. And it was just super happy that I got to go play a bunch of people I know and had a good day. Um, it was really weird looking at some of these lists and being like, oh, I bet you're going to drop this. And the other person just audibling and being like, nope. <laughs> that is kind of strange. Yeah, like every game I was like, oh, first round, I'm probably going to see Kruger. Nope, Kaya. All right, I guess that's like a, a familiarity call. That's fine. Second round, ah, double judicators. The thing that makes me super sad. And then, <laughs> nope, not going to drop that. I'm going to drop Cyrenia instead. It's like, well, I'm not complaining, but I definitely didn't expect this. Yeah. And final round being like, hey, you're going to drop Morvana because why wouldn't you? Like, mortality is super good. And then, nope, Kruger. Like, oh, all right, I guess. <laughs> sure, I'm not complaining. Like, this, this is fine. Just not what I expected. Yeah, that's super crazy. So... Right well, congratulations on your W at the at the event in Kinder. That's pretty sweet. Thanks. I blame it all on the lucky shirt that definitely got here that day, even though I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, it would have been pretty sick for you to have had it, but oh well. That would have been amazing. Um, let's got see. to play or got to talk to Zane that day because him and Schwanky came down. Oh, right on. Schwanky from Battle Driven. Yes. Zane's not here to say it. <laughs> so it was it was nice to talk to both of them and. Uh, apparently Schwenke's dice were terrible that day. Mm. Like, worse than mine. Yikes. So, that was, uh, that was a thing. But it was nice to see both of them. It was a good event. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, so, speaking of events, I'm, well, by the time this is out, I will have hopefully already attended it. Uh, I'm going down to Hamilton to play an event there. Hopefully. Uh, we'll see. But in the meantime... To get ready for that, I've been doing some painting. I got Golab done at the start of the month. I've done my Rot Wings, and I'm working on Chosen right now. Kind of finish off my Primal Terror <laughs> stuff. Finally! Yeah, I know. Just for you, buddy. Just for you. Oh my god, I thought this day would never come. Yeah, except I'm like super burnt out on painting now, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Pay somebody else to paint for you? No, I'm not super into that. But yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm excited to get out to a tournament. If I don't make it to that one, then worst case, I've got the one coming up in December locally, which will be super sweet. I look forward to that. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I got going on. Yeah, buddy. Uh, I think that'll about do it, though, for this episode. Do you got anything you want to end on there, Wolf? Um, let's see. Food Machine's still coming up in December? That's correct, yes. Yeah, that sounds right. December 5th, uh, so, I think. There you go. Glad you know these things. I could be wrong. So, it's like a Wednesday, case, so that'd be a weird day to do that. But In any case, it's coming up, so you know, make plans, come down here, do some stuff. Yeah. Or up here if you're from south of me. Oh, sorry, uh, December 8th. December 8th is Food Machine. There we go. Uh, so that's a thing that's coming up, and people should make plans to come and do, because it's awesome. And I think that's about it. 
Cool. Uh, as always, join us on the Discord. The link to join will be in our show notes. And uh, if you do join the Discord, feel free to yell at Simon any chance you get. Yeah, you guys are... I can't be the only one yelling at him all the time. You guys are feuding pretty hard. Slap him right upside the head. <laughs> uh, speaking of Simon, he actually... So, we've had a gold, we've had a second place. He, uh, he actually got a third in the Polish Masters. Did he really? He did, yeah. God. Are the friggin'... What happened to the Polish? They used to be good at this game. Oh my god. Alright, I think that'll about do it. Like him. This has been episode 22 of Blightbringers. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Seriously, thanks for listening. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I know you have to go, Cutter, but before you do, this is going to date this episode's recording a little bit, but we know that there's a CID coming up. It's been described as spicy. And it's yeah, it autumnal, I believe, is another descriptor. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that one. Uh, I saw that on Facebook a little bit earlier. What's we're gonna make some we're gonna make a prediction, each of us, about what are, what's are gonna we, be are in we there. Doing some hot takes? We're gonna we're gonna do a prediction and then when I release this episode, we're gonna see how poorly they've aged. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because we'll find out on Wednesday. In More two than days. likely, yeah. Uh so cutter. What's the one thing that Legion is going to see in this CID? Um, so they've said in the past that they thought that the the annual Christmas CID, whatever they were calling it, um, was too big, and they had too much stuff going on at the same time. So I, some people have said that maybe Legion isn't getting anything. I'm going to choose to not invest in that idea, and I'm going <laughs> to proceed with reckless optimism that's good so the one thing that so what i'm trying to think of is like okay we haven't seen any of our models so they're probably not going to spoil a model um because adding a new model in and also doing a cid for the the models that we saw like the bane warrior and the bane warrior ca and the colden lord attachment and all that stuff Clockatrice, yeah, we're probably not going to get our new model in that. So I think what's probably going to happen in this this cornucopia style CID is that we'll get something looked at that's pretty clearly not working out okay. And I think that that's going to be along the lines of either tweaking a theme to be something that's a little better, like you know, changing the oracles points or uh, Ravens of War, maybe adjusting how that how the points breakdown works there. Uh, maybe changing free models in a theme or something. Like I think it should be something meaningful that's going to go into uh, list diversity and pairing diversity. So without a ton of testing that's needed. So I think we're looking at things that would be already well regarded as having trouble. Um, so the the things that I would guess maybe it's more of like a a idea of things so uh i think it could be either theme benefits the way that themes are kind of broken up um it could be oracles going to 25 points per card it could be something like anissa being able to be a free card uh or maybe even make her a little more attractive uh it could be adding 
a model, like maybe we finally get a character in Oracles or Ravens of War, um, or maybe uh, some theme rebalancing. Like I know a lot of people would like to see Ravens have a little bit more functionality with beasts, um, you know, giving the scouts combined range. Um, JVM was talking in Discord today about wanting to give Blight Blades combo strike. That would be really cool. I think it's going to be something in that degree. Uh, that's that's kind of what I'm anticipating right now. Of all of those, I would most like to see either the Oracles change or the or Ravens of War become a more functional and attractive theme. Because right now I only really look at it with Kalos One, and I just play him in Paramount Terrors instead. So I'd like to see the beasts uh, change a little bit, or the units become a little more attractive. That's my hope. Cool. Wolf, what do you think? What's our um, goodies that we got coming up? So I'm going to take the side of everything you just said makes sense, but I don't want it to be true because that makes too much sense. <laughs> instead, I'm going to go with Reckless Abandon and say they're going to finally look at Bethane because she's terrible and fix that shit, which should have happened friggin' two years ago. Oh man, I sabotage a charity game. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's my prediction. They're not going to do anything else. They're going to give us her and say, look, she's fucked. We realized two years ago she was fucked, but we didn't say anything about it. Therefore, we're sorry. Let's rebuild this caster from the ground up. Hopefully she's less terrible now. I I put Bethane in, in, in a charity game inside of Convergence, and she was still terrible. Yep, turns out she's terrible everywhere. Alright. Um, I was going to say the Oracle's change to 25 points, but you kind of stole that one and like 30 other things. Yeah, I rambled a lot. <laughs> um, I would like to see... Man, I'd like to see Azrael either come down in points or pick up an offhand attack. Uh, the fact that he doesn't have an open fist attack is offensive to me. Um, but I think if I was actually asking for something good, I'd like to see any of our NIS get adjusted in any way. I think that, that would have the biggest effect on Legion of this building right now. Yeah, I mean, Legionnaires would be nice. Maybe they'll let the spawning vessel finally score the hell's a legionnaire yeah i don't think those exist <laughs> sounds like fake news yeah 